Dean Dark is an absurd, over-the-top comedy horror adventure that is intended for older audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode descriptions. Hello and welcome to Dean Dark, a comedy horror adventure show loosely inspired by mechanics from Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition and starring some of history's most infamous monsters. I'm Danger Dangers, and I am your host, slash, Crypt Keeper. We will be diving back into the fray, into a land that is kinda sorta England. It's English. And leading the charge on that adventure are our delightful cast of characters. I am Daniel Cruz, and I will be playing Imhotep the Mummy. After 4,000 years of being dead, I am back trying to find my scrolls, one of which I knew was in this location that we were called to for our last session and was used in ways that were profane. I'm Ben Magnet, and I play Frankenstein's monster, the creature created by Victor Frankenstein and has vowed to scour the land to make sure my father's horrible creation never walks again and i am the only one last session i met with a bunch of cultists and i tried to beat them up but they beat me up and knocked me out and then i woke up seeing my father's journal get stolen and i proceeded to smash a whole bunch of skeletons in sheer anger i am aaron i play the phantom of the opera the bard of our group uh, i believe the last time we were in I was looking for some wonderful pieces of music, found nothing, met some demure fellow with a bunch of boring cards, and a regular dude with some skeletons, landed on a piano, took a fly out a door, uh, and then fled from a bunch of skeletons. Hi, my name is Jordan, and I'm playing Larry Talbot, the Wolfman. He is a warlock lycanthrope who is on a mission to... Uh, collect a group of people that he only knows from their connection to an assortment of cards he has. Uh, and once he has them all together, he doesn't know what to do then. But gosh darn it, he's going to try and get them together. Hi, my name is Janae. I'm playing Carmilla Karnstein, the vampiric spawn. Last time we met, Carmilla is having the best worst day of her afterlife. She got hit with some arrows. It was really exciting. And now they're all stuck in a crypt together. And she is just learning how to be alive again. I'm Grayson. I'll be playing Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man. Last time we were all involved in this fantastic scenario, um, was able to get close enough to my target to actually steal something of importance and then abruptly had to chuck it in a random direction. However, I kind of know where it is, but then chaos ensued and it turns out that my friend Van Helsing was killed in the battle. So Jack's a little discombobulated right now and a little heated. All right, and with that, let's go ahead and jump back into the swing of things. We're gonna open back up in the mausoleum. This is a roughly 20 square foot building that you are all kind of crammed inside, and I am going to let you all take a short rest while you're here to recover from everything that just happened. When would you like me to pull Larry's card of the day? Oh, let's actually do that now. Wolfman shuffles his cards and he pulls one out. <laughs> it's my old pal, the tower. Ooh. Yay. Ooh. That's my favorite card. Uh, explain what benefits the tower grants you. All right. So I don't think we explained this last time. 
But once per session, Larry is able to draw a card, and that card will give him a special ability for the duration of that session. The card that I drew this time is the Tower, and that gives me resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. I also gain plus two to my AC. Okay. And then what is that additional thing that I can spend this card to do something else? At any point, you can get rid of your daily card bonus in exchange for a free reroll. Ah, that's correct. All right. So, card of the day is the tower. So we're up to a good start. And then before I forget, Aaron, you have a point of inspiration and you have the decorated ceremonial knife added to your inventory. So for your inspiration, just to give a quick explanation, that is a point that you can spend at any time in order to re-roll any of your dice. Such a good prize. So I wanted to say that at least with Invisible Man entering first, all he's going to do is drop his equipment somewhere and then wait in the corner. Okay. You are followed in by Carmilla. Okay. Can I see everybody? Not me. Yeah. We're all sort of walking in at the same time, right? She's just Yeah. You're just in the front of the lineup. Oh, okay. For sure. So yeah, you can see everybody except the Invisible Man because he's invisible. Right. Okay. Great. This is actually really good (laughs) because- Carmilla's been hearing some things. <laughs> so, followed by uh, the Wolfman mm-hmm. and Emhotep kicking and screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I place Emhotep on the ground, and I'm like, my, my good friend, the, the Herophant, I, I don't think I ever caught your name, but are you all right? Your, your skin is gone. So, just to remind me, when we left, my body was somewhat under control of the scroll. Is that still in effect, or am I back to being full blue glowing and, like, I have control over my body again? It is still in effect. Okay. You're about seventy-five twenty-five. May I attempt that? I believe it was a charisma save. That's what it was. All right. Sure. Okay, 21. Sweet. With a 21, that uh, pushes it down to about 90-10. Okay. So Imhotep comes inside, slams himself against a wall, flops onto the floor, takes a very long labored breath, and he's just kind of sitting and reeling. I I don't know how to help you. Looks up at at Larry and is just like, Imhotep, you cannot. (sighs) Imhotep's your name? Are are you all right? Are you you feeling all right? I am feeling as fine as 4,000 years will allow for me. How 4,000? Your concern is touching, but unwarranted. Are you like a a mummy? He just kind of looks at Larry, looks down at the fact that he's dressed as an Egyptian, (laughs) looks back up at Larry. No, I am from Mesopotamia. Cool. Interesting. Okay. All right. Mesopotamian, sir. Mesopotamian emotive. It's it's a pleasure pleasure to meet you. And I put out my hand for a handshake. (laughs) Do I see this at all? Um, you do as you march in with the phantom on your back. Uh, I would like to impotently flail around uh, and protest. <laughs> you brute, you ugly monster. <laughs> Unhand me. I was like, okay. And I just unceremoniously drop him in like the dirtiest spot <laughs> I could. And I, when I see him, I was like, oops, sorry. <laughs> you rube. And I stand up and start brushing myself off. And that's what you say to someone who just saved your wife, huh? Anything worth doing is worth doing with a modicum of grace. Yes. As Phantom and Frankenstein are talking, Invisible Man's going to go for a sneak attack on Phantom. Oh, shoot. 
Because you are invisible, you have advantage, so go ahead and roll with advantage to oh attack. <laughs> what have you done? That's a 15. My armor class is 11, so you're coming in. Uh-oh. So that hits, and because it is a sneak attack, add an extra d6 of damage on top of it. Oh. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, that's only a one. So uh, short sword attack plus one. The damage was just a four. Okay, so Phantom takes four damage. Huh. Feel a knife slide into your back. And I will let the two of you narrate how that plays out. Well, I'm still standing there indignant, so I'll leave it to you to initiate, okay. Grayson. So <laughs> Invisible Man just rushes up, sneaks behind you, stabs you right in the back, going for your heart. Thank God for my cape, apparently obscuring where my heart is, because only four points of damage means you must have missed bad. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll just hear me whisper to yourself, you took away... One of the only people I trusted in this godforsaken world. You will pay with your life. Oh. So, obviously, I'm standing right next to um, the phantom. Do I see the knife in the phantom's back? Uh, yes. All right, can I just, like, lunge out and try to grab who's ever stabbing the phantom? Sure. Go ahead and make just an unarmed strike attack. And just a heads up, I think with undetectable, there's a disadvantage for people. I mean, I rolled a natural two, so that's a five. I'm pretty sure I'm going to miss anyway. <laughs> no, five's going to miss. Yeah. Well, shit. But if you guys do hit me, oh, it's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah, basically how Invisible Man's Undetectable works. When he's invisible, his armor class goes way up and his stealth is a lot higher. But any attacks that hit him deal a couple extra dice of damage. Anyway, I'm bleeding out on the ground. Yeah, so can I... Who dares? Right, so I, the way I try to do it is I use my right hand to try and grab whoever's there. Obviously, I miss. Can I just instinctively also try to backhand to keep whoever stabbed a phantom just like to try and say if I can hit something? Or do I use that up? You're not technically in combat, yeah. so right. why not? I will say make a sleight of hand roll. Sleight of hand to backhand. Roll high, roll high, roll high. That's a nine. With a nine, that's not going to hit. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah, it's the joys of undetectable. <laughs> okay, so I don't hit anything. Uh, instead, I he just got big hands. <laughs> try as gently as I can, get Phantom and move him, and I bellow, How dare you? We are escaping from a horde of undead, and you attack one of our own? How dare I? You can't say anything of the sort. You don't know this person. He killed one of the only people that I trusted. I don't know any of you. Why the hell should I care? Did you see him? Did you see this man stick the blade in your friend's heart? He pulled the blade, which took his life. Did he put it in the first place? It doesn't Was your friend matter. He killed Abraham. Dramatic. Carmela's just filing her nails, popping bubblegum, like, ooh, get him, girl. <laughs> uh, Carmilla, roll insight. Okay. <laughs> A 14. Insight, yes, I have a plus two. So that's a 16. Yes. So with a 16, you feel the faint presence of Van Helsing kind of lurking around in your brain. I, I fucking knew it! Okay, okay. This is great, because I really wanted Carmilla to be able to talk to the dead. This is awesome. Okay. I um clear my throat. <clears throat> Excuse me, children. <laughs> But someone would like to talk to you. He goes by a name of Abraham Van Helsing. 
At least with that name, Jack just immediately stops, and you see the dagger just lower down. Is that man a doctor? <laughs> As you say children, Emotep literally turns and goes, What do you mean children? Can I just, like, push my hand to put pressure on uh, Phantom's wound? Yeah, uh, go for and it. And Frankenstein immediately crushes him. <laughs> like a no. <laughs> I am doing this gently, thank really you. Really quickly, I just have a quick question about something. This room is about 20 by 20, you said, right? Is there any, like, torches or anything inside? I assume we shut the door behind us. Yeah, you shut the door behind you. I will say there's a couple of torches on the wall. I was only asking because I was curious if Imhotep was going to be the only light source. Our glow stick! Because of my runic glow yeah. ability, which gives me bright, soft, bright blue light at 10 feet, and then dark, then like dim blue light at 20 feet. So I was just wondering if Imhotep was the only light source of the room or not. So soothing. The return <laughs> of the glow stick. Uh, when Frankenstein touches my wound, it doesn't do anything. I just want to point out for flavor that I am squirming like a little baby man. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> As so I'm good. holding it out, I just look and was like, Dan's still pretty boy, you're gonna bleed out quicker. Like a little bug, just wriggling. So with everything that's going on, um, not that anyone can see, but Jack's attention is now going to be on Carmilla. Oh, uh, yes. Follow your eyesight directly to Carmilla. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says to tell you he's not, not a, a doctor, doctor but, but a professor with a background, background in anatomy. Does that mean anything to you? Does he do stitches? <laughs> stitches. As the Phantom is complaining, Imhotep finally stands up, walks over to him, kind of takes the creature's hand, moves it, puts his own skeletal hand on the wound, and begins chanting as the small vial of water that he's carrying around his neck begins to glow, and I cast Cure Wounds on the Phantom. Wolfman's eyes are so big with wonder. Cure Wounds! A creature you touch regains a number of hit points equal to 1d8 plus your spellcasting modifier. So you only lost four points, right? Yes. You're going to gain 11 health back. Oh, damn. As the skeleton just kind of approaches you, it is chanting in an ancient tongue that you can understand, and then he goes, stop squirming. And then he keeps going on in the ancient dialect <laughs> that you can't understand. I would just like um, Wolfman to just, like, crouch down and kind of, like, scoot up to what Emotep is doing, like, watching in wonder. Like that one Spider-Man meme pointing at his jar of water, and he's like, is that... is that from... The Fertile Crescent of Mesopotamia. He's still chanting as he's doing the spell and his hand like lights up a little bit more than the rest of the glow around him as he's healing the wounds. And he looks at Larry. We will need to find you an atlas and the book of names. Imhotep is not from Mesopotamia. So with all this (laughs) kind of going on, Jack is going to like look over at this walking skeleton, just kind of ask what... What are you? Where is this light coming from? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming I'm still casting this spell That as you asked this question? Yeah. Okay. So he's got the blue glow from his hand, which is different from the blue glow on his body. So he kind of looks at you and says, which glow do you refer to? Any of this. This does not make sense at all. Light comes from torches. The glows are not from Mesopotamia, apparently. He finally removes his hand as the phantom is fully healed, and he says... Worm around again, and I will have to take a scalpel to you. He then looks completely, like, past the Invisible Man, just kind of in the general direction. His eyes are kind of searching. How do you have a voice? Usually one requires a body for that. I do have a body. It's just 
There was some things that didn't, that required my attention in the sciences. Imhotep reaches his bony fingers out and starts trying to like feel for a face. I'm going to go ahead and just bat his hand away. I see. And how is this mess of skeleton walking? I This makes no sense to me. The gods work in mysterious ways, my friend. Gods? What gods? There is no gods. There's only science. He kind of looks to the door and continues to hear the sounds and says, I would like to give you a lecture on the power of the gods, but I believe we have more pressing matters to attend to. Yeah, speaking of lectures, what's up with the uh, Abraham guy? <laughs> also, who stabbed me? <laughs> After Imhotep's done killing the phantom, I gently put the phantom down, did like a little brushing of the top of his shoulder, and as I hear Jack say there's no gods, only science, I'm like, hmm, fascinating. You and I actually agree on something. Now you, the one in the dark, what are you talking about with Abraham? Abraham's dead now. Carmilla comes forward into a spotlight of light coming, like the moon is shining in through into the crypt, and you can see her teeth glinting. There's a couple of gargoyles up in the corner of the mausoleum that are holding apart a curtain that is letting this moonlight in. Ooh, very nice. Ask your questions before he slips away. What do you mean, ask my questions? You can't talk with the dead. I am the dead. I don't know what you are. Hold on, hold on. You cannot talk to the dead. Imhotep literally just, like, motioning to himself. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm just, like, looking down. I'm like, uh, oh? Kind of like, maybe me too? <laughs> There's a scientific explanation for each and every one of you. I don't know yet. I have to experiment. I have to do some research myself. You will not be experimenting on me. I could just tell you. Fine, but first, tell me what's going on with Abraham. What do you mean, talk with him, ask questions? This makes no sense. Perhaps this will make more sense in the idea of vibration. He's giving me good vibrations. <laughs> Sorry. It's like, oh, Carmilla giving out them vibes. Abraham has very strong vibes. Uh, everybody roll vibes. Oh, shoot. Roll vibes. Uh, let's see. Come on. Well, I got a two. I got a two. I threw that five with this universe. I got 11. I got a net 20 on vibe oh. check. Oh. 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 This is why Carmilla chose him. You he know? passed the vibe check. He is the vibe check. Exactly. He is the goodest boy. What dog wouldn't pass the vibe check? Uh, the curtains up at the top shift slightly, and the spotlight of the moon <laughs> shifts over to you. Ah, glowing. <laughs> Carmilla has, like, slight applause. Ooh. Wolfman kind of scratches his arm a little bit, and he's like, what the heck? Did you, did you bite me? For one who has passed the vibe check, you really are not very perceptive. I, uh, can you tell me something? Is it just me? It feels like everything just tends to want to bite me, and I don't understand. I sensed you had been bitten before, so I thought, well, second time's the charm. You, you know how um, mosquitoes are. Uh, they, they say people of certain blood types seem to attract mosquitoes, and I'm, I am unfortunate. I also eat too many bananas. Are you calling me a mosquito? Yes, I mean, uh... <laughs> Camilla is impressed. Enough. Enough of this nonsense. What is going on with Abraham? Hold on, we'll talk to Abraham person in a moment. Did you just call me a blood-sucking insect? <laughs> All right, so since no one's paying attention, I'm just going to go for another sneak attack. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, roll for it. 
Wolfman is in 100% shock that he just called this very dangerous lady in a mosquito. <laughs> so with a plus five, I got 11. Okay. And are you going up against um, Phantom again? Can I interrupt as Abraham? Sure. Roll dexterity to interrupt the attack. Oh, that's a 19. So I reach out my hand, and as he's stabbing, I grab his wrist, pull it back into him, holding him on the ground, and be like, you're not the only one who can turn invisible to the naked eye. What do you mean by that? Don't you know about vampires and mirrors, mirror boy? Vampires don't exist. I gesture in the background at my arm. As the invisible man once again denies the existence of everything around him, Imhotep just like starts, oh, starts cursing in Coptic and just like walking into the corner, hands in the air. Can I walk up to invisible man and try and put my hand on his shoulder? Sure. Okay, I would like to do that. Uh, I walk up to him. I kind of, my hand flails in the air a little bit until I make contact with what I think's his shoulder. And I, I look at where I think his eyes are. And I'm like, I 100% understand what you're going through right now. Uh, a couple years ago, I I was going through the same thing. I, I didn't understand any of this. And, well, I, I still don't. And I hold out my cards until something happened to me that made me learn sort of that there are occult things in the world. I, I, I know it's hard to understand, but there is an answer for everything. Maybe it's science, maybe it's magic, but uh, I'm sure, looking at my cards with all the players on it, I'm, I'm sure all our questions will be answered soon enough. But I, I think we need to band together and, and move forward and try and find a way out of here. And then once we get there, we'll... We'll figure out what to do then. Fine. I'll hold off my kill. I would like to press to digitate a handkerchief and give it to Carmilla and say, Mad Preach for the save. <laughs> Mad Preach? It's a French slang term. <laughs> Amazing. What does it mean? Mad Preach. I, I appreciate it quite a bit. <laughs> so, you, the one that says you can commune with the dead, you said something about Abraham and you said that he was a doctor. How do you know this? Like I said, there are very many mysterious things that such a small mind may not have the patience to comprehend. However, if you are willing to learn, and she releases him, you must understand that you have <laughs> bigger concerns than each other. If you are to survive the night, you must work together against your common threat. Also, I lectured at Oxford. Are you saying you lectured, or are you speaking as some... Are you Abraham? Carmilla is grabbing hold of of something inside of her to keep him tightly, you know, firm in this. Because I think having an invisible man who can just stab you at a whim is probably a good reason to hang out. It's not lost on her. Can I roll inside a perception to see, like, if she's lying to me? Uh, insight. Okay. Uh, 17 plus 3, 20. She's not lying. Okay, fine. Let's just say that you can actually talk with Abraham. You know what? Every, everyone's right. We need, to, we need to move on. We need to get out of here. We're surrounded by whatever that is outside. Easy for you to say, mad stabber. I don't want to hear anything from you, a murderer. Fair. <laughs> so I'll just say that while all this is going... Jack's gone and grabbed all his stuff, so you guys just see, like, a floating pile of clothes... And I'm going to go ahead and start putting it all on. Very important question into the psyche of Invisible Man. 
Does he sock shoe sock shoe or sock sock shoe shoe? Very important question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because he needs to go invisible at a whim. There is no sock. <gasps> wow, what a mad lad! <laughs> uh, Phantom hates this. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, go over to Carmilla. Is like, if you're still Abraham, does the name Frankenstein mean anything to you? Carmilla kind of cricks her neck and stretches, and he drops class. Met English and then there's static. Great. Somewhere else I have to go for. Well, we're not getting anywhere in this room. I was going to say, while they're having their conversation, Imhotep is kind of, like, looking around the walls, using his own glow to, like, see things a little bit clearer and try to find a way out that's not the door they came in. Yeah, I'll, I'll also do an investigation check. All right, everybody roll investigation. Uh, 17. Mine was a 12 with modifier. Uh, my base roll is a 5. I doubt that's gonna get me anything. I got 12. I also got 12. I got 13. Everybody else is kind of fumbling around and looking for anything that might be useful as they're kind of pressing their ears and hear more of the commotion going on outside. But you, Phantom, with a 17, with your refined eye for style (laughs) and color... Notice a small patch of bricks in the back that are ever so slightly discolored from the rest. Hey, um, giant brute, what, do, what is your name? I look over and I'm like, you may call me Frankenstein. Frankenstein it is. Uh, there's a delightful patch of a uh, wall over there that doesn't look like it belongs. I go over, I'm like, hmm, you're absolutely right, pretty boy. How about a little renovation? I like where your mind's at. And I crack my knuckles and punch the wall as hard as I can. The wall just immediately gives. And it reveals a small section of the room that was boarded up and renovated around that has a staircase leading downward. Phantom, you're going to feel a sharp blade at your back. And I'm just going to kind of tell you, let's try not to murder anyone else, shall we? This is becoming a pattern of behavior, Invisible. Uh, Just call me Jack. And with that, I'm just going to back off. Well, come on then, Jack. As you all make your way down the stairs, they descend into a crypt. The ceiling is roughly 10 feet high. Two feet of headroom, yay. As you make your way down the stairs, you're seeing an old carved out path that is leading to uh, several different burial chambers and areas. And the path splits in front of you. One very straight and narrow path that is leading to a door to your south. And if you look ahead to your east, you can see a very long and winding path. Those without dark vision should probably pair up with someone that does have it. With the group. Split Who the here group. can actually see in the dark? Well, those without dark vision should probably go with Emotep. Yes, or me. Yeah, I was just thinking Emotep because he's able to give us some light. Yeah, that's true. If I'm to join a team, I must be asked. <laughs> Imhotep just turns to the phantom. No. I, I lean over probably to Imhotep. I'm like, we should probably keep him and the invisible man separate for this duration for them to cool down. Yeah, I agree. Then by all means, you ask him. I will not ask him. So while all that's going on, Jack's gonna just head out. Oh, well, that's fair, I guess. Did we decide who's going to go on who's team? 
or are we still I was going to suggest that me, Imhotep, and Phantom take the short path whilst uh Larry, Jack, and Carmilla take the windy path. Got you. Yeah, that's fine. All right. That works for me. So I'm gonna go ahead and do an investigation check on our door at least. So go ahead and roll investigation. And if the other team wants to investigate their door, they can also roll investigation. I'll roll for an investigation. Oh my god, I got a nat 20. That door is so safe. <laughs> uh, so with a nat 20 Frankenstein monster, um, you don't see any signs of life in here at all. It seems like it's a pretty safe and straightforward room to be able to walk into. I look to my group, it's like, I think we're in the clear, I just kick it. Okay, door slams open. For mine, I got an 18 plus 6. Same thing. As you look in, your room is completely empty. You could tell it was safe enough to be able to walk inside and you can sort of make out what's going on in this room. So in the room that Invisible Man, Wolfman, and Carmilla are approaching, you are in a large open corridor. It's a little bit wider. There's a couple of corpses just kind of hanging out in the walls that are stashed away in some of their, um, their like crypt cubbies, <laughs> whatever they're called. <laughs> And there is, like, a couple of crates off in the corner that you can tell uh, the lids are a little bit loose. So if you want to look around in there, you might find something of use. I was going to say, I wanted to look inside the crates. Yeah, can I take a peek as well? Uh, yes. So as you are uh, shifting through this, go ahead and make an investigation roll on the items that you pull out. You pull out a couple of jars of oil. It's lantern oil. It's about a pint worth. And you pull out a very abnormal looking lantern. It's got a big old hood over it. And just something in its design seems a little strange. So roll either investigation or arcana. On investigation, I got a three. Arcana would boost that to a five. But I think still, I, I look at the lantern and the oil. And I'm like, uh, I, I don't really know how to work one of these things. I think, um, do you, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. All right, I give the lantern to him and the oil. Uh, so, Invisible Man, roll either Investigation or Arcana. Um, investigation yielded a 10. With a 10, it will function like a regular lantern. Something seems weird about it, but you can't tell what. It just looks like a regular lantern. It's kind of funky looking. You think it's a homemade? And then this chamber has three doors, two to the south and one to the east, which joins back up with the others in the other room. Carmilla is going to go and, and open that door. The one to the east? Yeah. Okay, you pull on the door and it is locked. It's locked? Uh, go ahead and roll perception. Okay. Oh boy, I got a one. You feel real good and real confident that these are, in fact, doors. Nice. We're so smart. <laughs> so while we're in this room, what do I call each of you? My name is Carmilla. That is all you need to know for now. All right. And you? Yeah, I get up and I'm like, I'm Larry, Larry Talbot. Uh, and I reach out my hand for a handshake. And you'll just see the glove float near you and then just shake it. All right, I grab the glove and I shake it. <laughs> Good to meet you. Uh, and I, I overheard earlier, your name is Jack? Yeah, just Jack. Jack. Good to meet you, Jack. Um, Do you mind, do you have any idea how to get through these doors? Yeah, I can open them up. Hopefully. So how this is going to work, basically any locked door, if you can acquire a key to it, will just open no problem. If it's locked, you can either try to break the door down or try to pick the lock. And anybody can do it, but the higher your sleight of hand skill is, the better a chance you'll have. We're actually going to carry over the pickpocketing minigame that I had Jack do last session. Oh, God. Where rather than trying to beat a skill threshold, you are going for precision. 
and the higher your sleight of hand, the better the odds are of landing within a smaller and smaller window. Cool. All right, let's go ahead and jump over to the other group. So the Phantom, Imhotep, and the Frankenstein monster walk into a room with a makeshift table and chairs. It's not a particularly well-furnished room, looks pretty like slapshod together as just a place for um, any of the, the grave diggers and the priests and clergy to be able to just stop and rest as they're digging more. Let's just keep calling them Crypt Cubbies because that's fun. <laughs> cubbies. Um, you do also see a pair of gargoyles that are standing over each of the two doors. One door to your east that is locked and has a gargoyle over it. One door to your south that is locked and has a gargoyle over it. And one door to your west that is unlocked. Uh, when Carmilla jiggled the handle on the locked door that connects to our room, uh, I would like to say that I flinched and made a horrible squeaking noise. <laughs> you already have inspiration. You don't need to be going for extra credit here. <laughs> but I do appreciate the theatrics. Absolutely. I would like to investigate the gargoyle that's blocking the door to my east. Okay, go ahead and roll investigation. Come on, big money no whammies, big money no whammies. Ten. With a ten? Looks pretty similar to the gargoyle that was up in the mausoleum earlier. Is it like a snarling, ugly gargoyle? It doesn't look terribly aggressive with the image on its face. As you look at the two of them, one of them, basically, its mouth is closed with like some overbite fangs sticking up. And the other one has its mouth hanging open with fangs on the top and the bottom. It's not in a snarl. It looks almost more like a yawn. Hmm. I go look over to Imhotep and like, Imhotep, do you mind checking that door to the west? Am I doing an investigation or? Uh, nope. You basically see at the end of this hallway, it kind of splits off into another sturdier door that's blocking off another chamber. Imhotep just kind of like looks down the hallway, sees the other door, turns back around, is just like a locked hallway. That's all he says. <laughs> and he kind of makes his way to the other gargoyle that the others aren't examining is this our yawning friend or our snarling friend this is the yawning friend i want to investigate this one more closely okay go ahead and roll either investigation or arcana i will do arcana because it is my higher stat and i got a 23 hell yeah all right with a 23 you can see pretty clearly what would be imperceptibly slow to the human eye as this gargoyle blinks. I immediately draw my kopesh and place it to the thing's neck. Do I see him draw his blade? Yes. All right, so as he's drawing his blade, I look over at my gargoyle and I take my club and I aim it high as if I'm about to smash it. Gentlemen, gentlemen, these are beautiful works of art. And if the beautiful work of art would like to remain a beautiful work of art, it will kindly move. I keep my eyes are locked on it. I've thaumaturgied my eyes to red. I'm just locked eyes with my sword of the things in neck, and I'm just trying to like, I do not want to hurt you. You may move. I stare at my gargoyle. I'm like, you saw how easily I kicked in that door. If you do not want to become a pile of rubble, I suggest you do the same. Do any of you speak under common? I do speak under common. Okay. So to Imhotep and to the Frankenstein monster you hear kind of erupting from both of their throats what sounds like an avalanche. It is just the sound of rumbling and rocks grinding against each other. Phantom, 
from your time hanging out in all of the abandoned architectures, all of the stone masonry and work that you've been around, you've kind of developed an ear for this. And so, to you and you alone, you hear from the closed mouth friend, Whoa, 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 hang on there, everybody. There's no need for this kind of aggression. And from the open mouth one, you hear, Gentlemen, please, 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 please put down your weapons. I think that there's been a total misunderstanding. We've got a couple of actual works of art here talking to us. This is everything I've hoped for. And what kind of looks over at the phantom, looks back at the gargoyle, puts his sword away. I also look over at phantom, I just give a glare to my own gargoyle and I bring my club down. Gentlemen, what are you guarding here? The closed mouth one speaks to you and says, Oh, thank you so much for your, uh, your level-headedness. Uh, this is, yeah, this was a big misunderstanding. We're, we're not actually guarding anything here. We're just uh, kind of keeping an eye out. Uh, my name's Igneous, and uh, that's my brother Sandstone over there. Uh, we, we just kind of uh, go around and uh, keep an eye out on things. And the one with the stuck open mouth says, uh, And the closed mouth one says, Sorry, I'm not exactly the rest of this. He's kind of the range of the organization. I just uh, kind of go along with a lot of what he says. And what's up is kind of like just listening to these things rumble back and forth, kind of like eyes are like flicking back and forth as they're talking to each other. Very confused about what's going on. Though. When I talk to the gargoyles, am I also making rumbling, gurgling noises? You are speaking in English. They can understand common. They just don't speak it. Got it. I look at the gargoyles like, do you know why the hallway behind us is locked? What's inside the door? And the one with the open mouth says, And the one with the closed mouth says, um, yeah, what my, what my brother Sandstone was saying over there. Yeah, it's it's just kind of a creepy area. There's a lot of stone coffins in there. Uh, we we heard a little bit of wrestling going on after some of the commotion that was going on around here. But uh, it, it does. It seems like basically uh, whatever was going on before is it, just affecting in that room there too. Hmm. What's behind the door? You're guarding my closed mouth, friend. Oh, this one, this one is just a hallway, and there's a, um, like a couple of boxes in there. Not really much is going on. It's kind of an empty room. Just, it, it almost seems like this was a procedurally generated uh, <laughs> crypt area that uh, had some throwaway rooms that needed to be made use of. He seems to be speaking beyond the fourth wall. <laughs> what wall is that? You wouldn't happen to know where the keys are for these doors, would you? The one with the open mouth says, What is that? He said it's on the other side of this door. Presumably his own door? Are you at your own door, right, Chainstone? Phenomenal. Thank you both very much, gentlemen. You mind if we go through? Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I can't do anything to help you with the door, but uh, we, we won't strap you. Can I perceive if they are lying to me and if they're going to get mad at us uh sure go ahead and roll insight this is going to look real embarrassing if i stuck up for them uh ugh, seven. Uh oh you're a little suspicious but they haven't given you any reason not to trust them yeah they seem cool can i roll insight why not everybody roll insight i got a 14 i got a one with a one frankenstein monster you are convinced they are lying to you. I turn around, I was like, I don't know, I think this could be a trick. And I grasp my club a little tighter. Imhotep, with your 14, you're pretty sure they're telling the truth. Imhotep kind of reaches his hand and says, put that away. They are 
I trust them. In any case, that one appears to be the door, right under our yawning friend. You mind busting it open for me? The door, not the gargoyle. The door, <laughs> not the gargoyle. Uh, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, can I just move out of real quick? Oh, certainly, certainly. Yes, please. From the way that your eyes perceive it, it's almost as though they are moving at like 10 frames per second <laughs> with really jittery stop motion claymation physics. <laughs> he grotesquely clambers across the ceiling and with a couple blinks of your eye, he is over the other door. I look over to um, to the Phantom and Imhotep. I'm like, I don't suppose any of you have any uh, sort of lockpicking skills because otherwise I could just bust this down with my brute force. I'd rather see the show. You really do have a flow for the dramatic, don't you, pretty boy? Go ahead and make a strength roll. You got it. 16 plus 3, 19. With a 19, you bust down the door. It goes flying through. And to the south, another door that was jammed shut. Your immense show of strength sent the door into the jam and loosened up all of the rubble that is blocking it. <laughs> so this next room below you, it's a pretty small condensed chamber. There's another couple of boxes in here. This is mostly just storage. And basically all you see of note are just a couple of crates and just some more stone surrounding you. I go to the crate to find the keys that Sandstone mentioned. Okay, so um, as you rummage around through that, you pull through a couple of jars of fluid, and underneath them is just a small rusty key. If you want to investigate the fluid, go ahead and I make a roll for that. I investigate the fluid. It's just regular fluid. It's relatively, what's the word, not viscous. Um, basically, it's like 75% of the way between liquid and solid. It seems to be almost like a gelatin kind of consistency. Okay, yeah, I make an investigation for that. Oh my god, Dan, guess what? I rolled a natural 19, baby! With a 19, you can tell that this is very poorly homemade candle wax. The consistency is entirely wrong. Something went wrong in the process of making these, but it still functions as wax. Imhotep, come take a look. Your organs are in here. Oh. Imhotep walks over, leans over the box, sees the gross stuff, looks at the phantom. Look! It is the art you so clearly have made. Oh, 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 oh damn, son. Uh, point of inspiration, Imhotep. <laughs> uh, nobody can see this because it's under the like face mask, but a single tear rolls down. I'm just looking at the wax and I just kind of like sigh because I'm like, no skill whatsoever. What the damn hell? I just kind of chuck it <laughs> behind me. Okay, so you throw out the wax? Well, I, well, how many jars? Just like one jar or there's like multiple jars? There's multiple jars. Eh. While you're doing that, Imhotep's going to walk up and ask, may I see the key? Here you go. And I give the key to Imhotep. Take the key, go back to the other door and kind of knock on it. Okay, so as you knock on that door, let's jump back wait, to the other three. Wait, wait, this is the perfect opportunity. Is it knock, knock? Who's there? Skull. Skull who? Skull good, open the door for me. <laughs> and he kind of like puts the key into the door and tries to see if it opens. She laughs, but she's like, I don't get it. <laughs> the door does swing open, but I need you to roll just a straight D20. 10. With a 10, the, the key does stay together, but it gets a little bit weathered. Basically what I'm going to have you do, every time you use this rusty key, the threshold you have to roll for it to not fall apart goes up by one. Okay. So you had to roll above a nine. Okay. 
now you have to roll, if you already keep using this key, you have to roll a 10. Okay. So the door swings open and the two rooms are connected again. Yay! If you want to spill back out into the room with the table and chairs, you can just do that because the door is just open. I want to go check out this other door that I unhinged earlier. Go ahead and roll perception. And it's an unnatural 19. It's a 15 plus 4. You have unjammed the door, basically, from slamming the previous door through. This door is still a little lopsided, so it is still stuck in place, but it's pretty weak after what you did before. Since it's weak, is there a way for me to, like, peek through the cracks to see what's on the other side? You see a pretty long hallway. The corridor kind of opens up into a larger chamber. So the crypt cubbies that you've kind of been seeing along the walls trickle off around here in favor of a few stone caskets that are at the edge of this room. Well, I turn around. I assume I see the rest of the group that's right here. I go, oh, hi. So we had a little bit of an interesting conversation with some stone gargoyles. How's your day been going so far? All things considered, pretty good. Well, good news is that we have a key to open up some of these locked doors. Now, the gargoyle said that there's a door to the west of the room of the dining table at the, right behind you. Apparently, there's been things that have been skittering around. So do we want to investigate that? Could be some skeletons, could be something that needs to be Ooh. re-dead, but who knows? I'd say let's push forward as long as we can and try and see if we can avoid any encounters. I'm with the nervous one. However, the door that's right behind me, I don't see anything moving. But I do see four stone coffins. Well, do you see anything dead? God damn, invisible bastard. <laughs> I don't understand how you don't see me. I'm actually wearing something now. So do we want to try the room to the west, or do we want to venture down south? I vote south. I also vote south. South it is, then. And I go back to the door, and I bust it open. Because it's weakened, I'm not going to make you roll anything for that. It just happens. I just give it, like, a little tiny push, and it just falls down. Can I go ahead and look inside this box? Uh, yeah, you can look in the box. Basically, you see there's a, like one or two jars of wax that are still left over in this box. The rest have been kind of pilfered out. For the lantern that I got, do I remember having wax for it? Uh, you have a jar of oil. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take some wax. I watched the Invisible Man just reach in and grab this gross wax and is like, <laughs> what possible use could you have for that? Well, I'd rather have something and not need it instead of being in an, a situation where... You don't have it and you need it. Right. I'm going to walk through our newly collapsed door. All right. Everyone roll perception. <gasps> I got a natural 20. I got a natural 20. Uh, I'm in the back, so I only got like a 7. I got a 10 plus 4, 14. 11 for me. I got a 6. So Wolfman and Imhotep are just on it today. Hell yeah. I'm on it. I'm sensing everything oh, wait. through the air. Is, is Phantom and I the last two in the room? <laughs> Looks like it. He says I stab him. <laughs> Who's babysitting? I wanted to do a quick investigation check to see if he's got the that dagger from Abraham. Uh, go ahead. That's a 16. 16? Uh, yep. I'm going to go ahead and go for a pickpocket or sleight of hand. I do not have blade safety, apparently. <laughs> it's just free balling around in a pocket. On the die, it was 13 plus a 5, 18. Phantom, roll opposed perception. 
Ugh, seven. So, uh, Invisible Man, you swipe the blade. As I'm walking away, can I just, like, pull it out and start looking at it? Uh, sure. Phantom, roll another perception with advantage. Okay, well, thank God for advantage. The original was a seven, so let's see if we can't... Uh, sixteen. Sixteen, um, you see the blade floating being examined by the invisible man. Oh, no, 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 like, I'm, I'm fully clothed, so, like, my gloved hand is, like, I just got done swiping it, so I, I, as I'm walking past him, I've got the blade in my hand now, I'm just kind of, like, looking at it, so I've got my hat, my goggles, my wrappings on. Okay, my bad. So, yeah, not even trying to hide it. Yeah. Got it. So, you fully see that he's looking at your knife. Oh, I won't say anything. The phantom will remember that. I'm also just investigating it because I wanted to see if it was important to Abraham at all. Go ahead and roll Arcana. And then in the meantime, before I forget, don't everybody lose track of the perception rolls. So who rolled higher than a 13? I got a 7. I think with perception, I got a 7 as well because I was in the back of the... Well, I'm in a different room. I rolled a a natural 14. Wolfman got a nat 20. Okay. Frankenstein monster, what you can tell from your perception, you can hear a slight scratching coming from the direction of the coffins. And you can tell that there is something stirring from down there. With a nat 20 wolfman, you can tell that precisely one out of four of the coffins has something moving inside of it. Imhotep also got a nat 20, so he gets the same thing? You get the same thing. May I try, say, an Arcana check to see if I can figure out which one is magically inclined here, which one has something going on with it? Uh, sure. Roll Arcana. Uh, uh, six. We got this, buddy. Roll it with advantage. Ooh, blessed. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> nice! Okay, so can I try that one more time, then? I'm gonna use my inspiration. <sighs> Nine. Okay, what I will say then is the four coffins are laid out in front of you in a cube. Top left, top right, bottom left, bottom right. Right. Uh, The one on the bottom right is empty. Okay. So now you got a one in three chance. Imhotep kind of lowers his voice and says, I suggest we proceed with caution. All right. I will take that warning and I will slowly scoot to the open door. Dan over here, like, do the fights, do the fights, do the fights. We're like, no. Everyone as a group roll stealth. I am sorry for everyone. If four out of six of you succeed, you're fine. R.I.P. Oh, I just saw your message, Grayson. So, Invisible Man, um, looking at the dagger, you can't tell exactly what separates this knife from an ordinary knife other than just the obvious decorative fashions of it. But there's something that packs a slightly harder punch about this knife than a standard ordinary knife would. Okay, so at least with that, I'll just slide it in between my uh, belt and my pants because I don't have a a holster for it right now. Okay. I rolled a two, and my stealth is negative one, so it's a one. I got a 17. Got a nine. I got a 12 minus one, 11. We're a ruckus sponge, we are. (laughs) Takes one step, cracks like a glow stick. (laughs) So we got a one, 17, 11. Oof, 10. You hear the scratching get louder, and it turns into a pounding on one of the stone coffins. Can we hear which one it's coming out of now that it's louder? Now that it's louder, you can tell it's one of the front two. Okay. And once up here's the pounding and kind of carefully just draws his kopesh. I do the same. I draw my club. I brandish my claws. 
I go to open the door. <laughs> Everybody ready for a fight, Wolfman? Oh, Wolfman, nope, let nope, me nope, in! Nope. Let me in! So to your left, the door is open. Yeah, I, without perception or anything, just like open it. As you step into the other room, it just kind of opens up into a great big cavern. It is very rocky with a whole lot of collapsed rubble. This is a uh, part of the crypt that has not been very well maintained, and there's a lot of structural damage around you in this room. I'm not going to open it up much further than that because got to deal with what's going on down there first. So just kind of throwing it back to everybody. How do you want to respond? Imhotep is going to make his way to the door and just kind of get against the wall, I guess. And like keep his guard up, keep his kopesh ready. I'm going to scooch a little further so when everything breaks free, I can at least be a shield or it can meet me first. And that way the group can have time to run in the room. Carmilla is going to take a flanking position near both of them. just kind of getting ready for what's to come because you know it's prep time phantom is consumed with personal drama (laughs) (laughs) as you all ready yourself Mm -hmm. cracks begin to form in the coffin on the top left of the arrangement the coffin cracks and splinters and then bursting through the stone is a big skeletal hand that clears aside the rubble and makes its way out of the coffin. There's a body that is wearing some ceremonial armor. This was a crusading warrior of the church who was buried oh, with right. their weapons. He doesn't have any holy relics on him, does he? Uh, roll perception. Because Carmilla would feel that right away. 10. Oh God. Plus, plus two, okay, so that's a 12. Uh, nope. All right. The skeletal soldier crawls out of the coffin and perceives you all as invading forces and readies itself for attack. Imhotep, Frankenstein, and Carmilla roll initiative. Frankenstein's nine. A 10. I rolled a 12 with my initiative modifier. Okay. The soldier is going to attack first. It's going to use its multi-attack to draw out a longbow. Oh, shit. Pull a few arrows from its sling and take aim at Carmilla. Okay. Uh, Does an 11 beat your armor class? I have a 15. So having learned your lesson from before, you see the arrow being prepped and jump out of the way. Yes, definitely. It then will aim its second arrow at the Frankenstein monster. And I'm assuming an 11 does not hit your AC. I'm a 17. So can I, like a Jedi, use the club and block the arrow with it? Sure. Yeah. And that will end its turn. So now it is Imhotep's turn. So what Imhotep is going to do is get in and swing with the Kopesh. Okay. Nine. Uh, nope. Clinks off his armor. Okay. Now I'm going to do something really dumb. I'm going to run away. (laughs) Nice. So that ends your turn. It is Carmilla's turn. Okay, great. So I'm going to get in there and give him a good slash with my claws. I have an eight. That does not beat the armor class. I don't feel like I'm going to be much help. So it is the Frankenstein monster's turn. So as I see the undead crusader rise, I'm assuming it's wearing some sort of holy like armor, right? It's wearing armor that has some like church insignia on it. Cool. That puts me in a rage. I go into a rage. We started this at level three, right? 
Yes. Cool. Storm aura time. So just to explain what that means real quick, the Frankenstein monster is a type of barbarian known as a Storm Herald. So every time he uses his rage ability, he generates a storm around him. The storm has one of a few different kinds of effects based on what kind of storm he chooses. I am probably gonna go with C. While this effect is activated, you can choose one other creature you can see in your aura. The target must make a dexterity saving throw. The target takes 1d6 lightning damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. So I'm assuming that you're going to target the undead soldier. Oh, hell yeah. So it's going to make a dexterity save. So that's a 16. Damn it. It will take half a d6 of damage. And that's a one. It will still take the one hit point of damage. It's rounded up. As I'm in rage, I am going to rush toward it, and I'm going to raise my club high in the air and bring it down on its head and try and squish it and shatter the skeleton to a thousand pieces. All right, make an attack roll. Natural three. <laughs> it jumps out of the way, and you bring the club down on the coffin, collapsing no. the lid completely nice. inwards. Why can't we just hit this guy? And it's going to make a longbow multi-attack against Carmilla. It's got it out for Carmilla. And does a 17 hit. Uh, for my armor class, yes. That will deal 10 damage. Ooh. Holy crap. Can I be entered into the initiative order? Sure, you'll be last. And then it will make its second attack at the Frankenstein monster. My cleric blood is boiling at the fact that I can't just give you a healing word. Because she undead, I can't do anything. And a 17. Uh, My armor class is 17. It matches. So that does hit. So that will deal. Uh, That will be two damage. But because you are raging, that is halved. So you take one damage. Oh no. One hit. Ow. Well, I guess if you think about it, it's kind of like I give him one damage. He gives me one damage. All about equivalent exchange. Yeah. So now it is Imhotep's I was going to say, before we uh, restart the order, Jack is going to walk up behind Phantom and just say move. Uh, Phantom is looking into the room. He's been leering at you. You might if we do this another time. Give me back what's mine and our business is done. This was never yours to begin with. The hard way it is, then. I cast Charm. Ooh. Oh, boy. Ooh. Describe Charm. Charm is a first-level spell. You attempt to charm a humanoid you can see within range. I assume that when he's clothed, that counts as can see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The target must make a wisdom saving throw and does so with advantage if you or your companions are fighting it. That'll be up to you, Dan, for this one. If the target fails the saving throw, it is charmed by you until the spell ends or until you and your companions do anything harmful to it. Uh, The charmed creature regards you as a friendly acquaintance. When the spell ends, the creature will know that it was charmed. I'm going to say since you are not in combat with one another, that advantage to the save does not apply. So go ahead and make your wisdom saving throw. That'll be 19. I'm assuming that beats... Yeah, it is only a DC of 13. Oh, okay. So he is not charmed. I'll step aside. So after that, I'm just going to kind of shake my head because I have no idea what just happened. But I'd like to be entered into the order. Okay. You will be last. Okay. Um, running into the room, I just want to like pull my rapier and then ask Carmilla if she needs something. Oh, yeah. I totally have a proficiency bonus with that, I think. It's a weapon I personally don't see Jack using a lot because I think it's a little flashy. Oh, well, 
I'll take that. So I will say after your turn, Invisible Man, Carmilla will acquire a rapier. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, so it is Imhotep's turn. Now that he has seen that the creature has been damaged at all, he sheathes his kopesh, points his finger at it, his jaw distends unnaturally, and you just hear this horrible sound coming from his throat, or where his throat should be, as you hear the ring of a dolorous bell as I cast Toll the Dead. Okay, describe Toll the Dead to me. Toll the Dead is a necromancy cantrip. I make my gross sound, you hear the ring of a bell somewhere in the distance, and uh, the target has to pass a wisdom saving throw, so they have to roll higher than my wisdom save, which is 13. Okay. And if they fail, they take 1d8 damage, but... If it has taken any previous damage, if it's missing any HP, it takes 1d12 instead. Okay, and it rolled a 7. So it fails, so I get to roll 1d12, and it takes a whole whopping 1 damage. Man, we are just fantastic. Not doing good today. (laughs) Imhotep is actually going to step in front of Carmilla and block her. Okay. Despite his arrogance and everything that he feels towards everybody, he's a healer. That is his job. He has this urge to protect. He was a servant of Osiris and feels it is not necessary to send people to him too early. So he gets between himself and Carmilla and is basically trying to protect her. Because she's she's hurt. All right. So that ends your turn. And now it is Carmilla's turn. Okay, so Imhotep, you know, steps in front of Carmilla and... Carmilla is filled with a feeling that it feels something like camaraderie. Uh, I know that Carmilla's main source of healing is from attacks. Is it specifically from the consumption of blood? Yes. Can Carmilla do it as my turn if I, like, offer it? Sure. Got it. In that case, I'd like to join the initiation order. Sure, you'll be last. And she deeply appreciates the sentiment. So I'm going to take the um, the rapier from Invisible Man, and I'm going to heft it in my hand, and this is very well crafted. Are you sure you wish to part with it? Can you use it? Well enough. Take it. All right. So gratefully, I take the sword, and I'm going to try and attack. Oh my god, the 14. And a 14 hits. So go ahead and roll for damage. Okay, so that's a 2. So it takes two damage. Oh, wait, D8 plus three, so that's five. Yay. Big damage. Big damage. All right. Big damage. Big damage. Big damage. So now it is the Frankenstein monster's turn. All right, cool, because I'm still in a rage, and I am going to go try and attack it again. 11 plus five, 16. And a 16 hits. Nice. Come on, big money, big money, big money. Three plus five, eight. So you deal eight damage. And I rush up club in hand and I strike down on its head as hard as I can. And now it is the Wolfman's turn. All right. So he's got his cards in his hand and he's ready to do the one thing he can do, which is an Eldritch Blast. And I forgot last time that I have Eldritch Arcana, which gives me that special little bonus each time I use an Eldritch Blast. And what is that special little bonus? Well, let me just tell you. When you cast Eldritch Blast, you can draw a card from the Minor Arcana, granting the blast 
an extra effect. The effect depends on the suit of the cards drawn, and I will reveal those as I pull those cards. Because I think that's more fun. So I shall raise my hand, card in one hand, hand up with uh, the electricity of the Eldritch power. I'll roll my dice. It's a plus four. That's a 15. A 15 hits? Yes! And that is 1d10 force damage. Yay! Okay, and what's your bonus? I pulled the five of wands. I gain 1d4 temporary hit points. Because I need them, apparently. Two. I get two little hit points. All right. And then five. I do five damage. All right. And I'm still uh, guarding the door. In case anybody needs to flee. Invisible man, it is your turn. All right, I'm going to go ahead and pull Abraham's dagger and also pull one of my other daggers as well. So if I'm dueling, can I get two attacks or is that still just one? Uh, That is two attacks. The second attack you don't get any modifiers to. That's fine. Um, So the main attack that I want to try, because I just want to check and see what's up with Abraham's dagger... Basically, I want to rush in. I'll go ahead and go undetectable. Okay, so I'm going to have it make a perception roll to see if it can see the weapons making their way towards uh, would it. Would I roll a stealth or... It uh, doesn't matter because it got a seven. So you can make this a sneak attack, so roll with advantage. Okay. That's going to be a 22. So that definitely hits. Go ahead and roll for dagger damage. And then add 2d6 for your sneak attack damage. 11. Okay. And then on top of that, there's an additional 2. As this dagger glows in response to attacking an undead foe. So you deal 13 damage. Oh, nice. And describe how you kill it. God damn it. All you guys see is two daggers dragging on the floor, kind of like bringing up sparks. And as I whip around Carmilla... I'm going to go ahead and just take Abraham's dagger and just jam it into the neck and then pull up under the jawbone and then right up through the brain. Oh, nice. And the dagger glows and basically the head catches fire and the soldier disintegrates and you are out of combat. We did it. We did it. Yay. Oh, that was really cool. So um, real quick. Imhotep, after the thing goes down, he's like still doing his weird milady protecting <laughs> Carmilla oh, thing. Oh no, that gives bad like, context. That's kind of how it looks. It's just like, oh no, milady got hurt. Let me throw myself in front. Speaking of, uh, would Carmilla like to still take the heal? Before yes, I would. You do that. Imhotep, quote unquote, uses cure wounds to try to help. He just kind of lays his hands on her. There's no glow. And he's a little bit confused. And then he kind of takes his hands off and says, Apparently abominations like you and me cannot be affected by my own spells. Sucks, doesn't it? Speaking <laughs> up. It, that really sucks, she says. Nice. Okay, and she's going to take Phantom's wrist and look him right in the eyes as she takes a giant bite into his flesh. Oh my god. Oh, oh my Without harming him, you can take four ounces of blood, which will heal you for a d4 plus one. Okay. If you take more than that, you can take up to a pint worth of blood, and he will either take damage or a level of exhaustion. He was so gallant, I'm not going to hurt him. So you heal yourself for a d4 plus one. 
I got a one. So you heal two HP. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> also, something I thought it might be interesting is that anytime Carmilla takes a bit of blood from you, she learns something about you. Yeah. Through bleary tears, you first person see a grand opera house burning to the ground. Oh, wow. From like 30 feet away. Some spicy blood. <laughs> Also, everything has a different taste, so you all have different... Well, there's nothing quite like a French vintage. Yeah, coincidentally, that's what the blood tastes like. His tastes like wine. Yeah, his does taste like wine. Oh, um, Carmilla really likes that, by the way, and this might be a problem for you. <laughs> or we'll get along famously. Oh. Oh my. Carmilla's a lesbian, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, and of course, during all this, Jack's basically just getting dressed again. Does he not see or care that Carmilla, who should not be alive, which he has such a deep problem with, is taking blood from another person? But see, here's the thing. Like, he's already had this conversation with you guys, so it's a moot point. Like, any point that he's brought up in the past, you guys are like, hello, we're all right here. So now he's kind of like just taking everything in and just analyzing everything. All right, so what do we do from here? Jack's, of course, getting dressed. And then I'm going to go ahead and just walk off into the room. Um, I would like to follow Jack in and ask him, uh, how you how you holding up, buddy? I don't know. There's There's a lot going on here that I don't understand. The raised woman from the dead, the half-faced man, which I want dead, the skeleton... That's what, and then the patchwork, I don't, it, none of it makes any sense to me. Yeah, I, to, to be honest, I have never seen anything to this degree before. Uh, I've seen some wild stuff. I mean, you, you've seen what my cards can do, but uh, I completely understand. Um, and let me know if I can do anything to help. Like I said, it, it was only a couple years ago when I found out the world is a little more occult. Well, not that I believe it, but just out of curiosity, if I were to ask you to draw a card for me, what would it say? Oh. How do we want to do this? I can't, I've got cards in front of me. Dan, should I give him a reading? Um, I will leave it up to you. Yes, please. Uh, do you want me to draw one card for you in particular? I don't yeah. necessarily believe any of this, but like I said, I'm doing an experimentation, so if anything interesting happens i'll chalk it up to this well one of these cards i know for a fact is representative of you we'll see if i draw that and then i will give you uh, a past and a future so wolfman shuffles his cards in front of you and he pulls one out and he's like ah that's what i thought there we are the hanged man uh, i believe this card is supposed to represent you if i remember what maleva told me it's about a man who has a different perspective on life. The card to represent your past I see here is the Five of Cups. And a card representing your future is the King of Cups. The Hanged Man Reverse also represents delays, resistance, stalling, and indecision. Um, the King of Cups, your future, represents emotionally balanced, compassionate, diplomatic, uh, the Five of Cups, and this is your past. It tends to represent regret, failure, disappointment, and pessimism. I don't know about you, but the feeling I get from these cards seems to tie in with how I understand your feeling right now. Do you have any questions? You said a name, Malavia. 
Who's that? Ah, yes. After, uh, what happened to me a few years ago, she's the one that gave me the cards and uh, was kind of my guide in helping me figure out this, this crazy new world <laughs> we find ourselves in, if that makes sense. So she helped introduce you to this world of, as you call it, the occult. Yes, she gave me the cards, showed me how to use them. Uh, I, I had some things happen to me in the past that she is helping me get through. Uh, she actually sent me on, uh, on my, I guess you could call it a quest here, to, to find you all. Um, I wasn't really given uh, an answer of what I was supposed to do once I found you all, but she gave me the cards and here you all are. Interesting. Maybe she knows more than most of us. Is there any way that we can contact her? Uh, yes. I probably should meet up with her soon to talk about uh, all of these things. And, and sometimes she speaks through the cards, funny enough. So you're saying the cards are magical, not you. Uh, yes, the cards have their own magic. Uh, can I do a perception roll on yes, that? Yes, roll perception, wolfman, roll either performance or persuasion with advantage. <laughs> I got a 14. One of those was a net 20. Sorry, Invisible Man. Does Malavia give me a phone call through my cards? Uh, sure. So, um, the cards in your hand start vibrating, and, um, the face on the hanged man kind of contorts a little bit, and then turns towards Jack, saying, um, You are a perceptive one. Uh. Yet you have much to learn. Stick with your journey of self-discovery, and you may learn things you never thought were possible. What do you know about me? I know that you are instrumental in what is coming, hanged man, and that there is a chance to save yourself from this noose you find yourself enwrapped in. May you elevate above your lot in life, or will you descend down to the gallows? It is... Up to you. The future is not set in stone. I could only really think of one person I'd enjoy sending to the gallows at this moment. Yes, yes, I understand what it's like to be upset with your compatriots. I tell this idiot all the time that he is failing me left and right, but what can you do when you're stuck in company? Sometimes you have to make the best of a bad circumstance. Mm-hmm, isn't that the truth? Maleva, what am I supposed to do from here? I've got all the people. What should I do now? Miss Know-It-All, Miss Knows-Everything. And with that, Jack's gonna, like, put his hand up and just say, maybe we should get these details after we're out of harm's way. Uh, good, because she hangs up. <laughs> Damn it, as I'm just like... Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, Malavia. Malavia? Malavia? God damn it. And the card is just back to normal. She really pisses me off, but... Uh, anyways, I hope that clarifies things rather than what she often does, is just give me more questions. I've got a few extra questions myself, but like I said, let's get out of this situation first and deal with other things later. <laughs> yes, I would love to. All right, moving on then. Um, tossing it back to the others, what do the four of you do? So Phantom, Carmilla, Imhotep, and Frankenstein. I'm Grey Robin. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, roll investigation. Yeah, because while in the fight, I was looking at my club and I thought to myself, wow, this is sturdy and it does well. I might need something that gives me a little more oomph. Like, so I am trying to rummage around the extra graves, pop them open, see if any one of these dudes has a great sword lying around that I could steal. Uh, I busted out my flute and I'm laying down just a sick victory tune. <laughs> <laughs>
11 plus 1, 12. So with a 12, as you toss open the coffin lids of each of these caskets, you're able to find a couple of scattered bones throughout. A lot of the skeletons that are in here are pretty worn down. You do see in the back casket, though, with your 12, you aren't able to find any weapons, but you do see in the clutches of a pair of skeletal hands another key with a skull at the tip. It is a um, very ornate silver key with jewels, but there is a crack running through the center of it. I take it. Okay, so go ahead and add the skeleton key to your inventory. Ooh, skeleton key. So for this key, basically the rusty silver key that Imhotep has, this will work the same way. You can use this key to bypass any door. The key that Imhotep has is only good for the doors within this dungeon. That skeleton key will work on any door anywhere ever. Hell yeah! But... Each time that you use it, it gets more worn and torn, and you have to roll for it to not fall apart. And once it breaks, it's gone. Gotcha. Pretty good find. So I, lo- I just looked to the back of the group, was like, hey guys, I got something pretty cool here. And I show them all the key. Imhotep looks at his key, looks at, the, looks at the Frankenstein's key, and kind of grumbles like, it is a pretty cool key. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and then does everybody move on into the next room? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I'll say that I was investigating this room. Okay. Go ahead and roll perception. Please be good to me. So nine plus three, uh, 12. So with a 12, basically this room has a lot of structural damage and especially everything that's been going on upstairs has been knocking a whole bunch of rubble loose. And there's not really any distinct doorways in here. The back half of the roof is just kind of collapsed in on itself. But you do see up to the north, There's a section of the wall where the ceiling has collapsed that's kind of broken into, into the next room. If you're careful, you can traverse through and just keep on moving in. Okay. Can I go ahead and uh, check it out? Sure. Just trying to like squint and see what's in front of us. So as you look through, there's a small chamber that you're looking into that looks somewhat ceremonial. Basically a couple of end tables with some lit candelabras on them. And in the center of them is a painting. This painting is of a nun that is holding a candelabra. All three of the candles are lit, and there's an engraving at the bottom of the painting that says, To our beloved Saint Mary. I want to look at the painting a little bit just to see if there is anything special about it. As you kind of look at this painting, you take it off the wall and you kind of look around on the backside of it, and there is a note that is uh, kind of scrawled onto the parchment on the back that says one of three. I'm going to go ahead and let everyone else know that we might have a puzzle on our hands. Who can say? Uh, yes, you have a puzzle on your hands. We are the outcasts, the spits you might say. We deal with the nightmares that you run away from every single day. We know the world is a gruesome little place. But us outsiders, we've developed quite a taste For the grisly and morbid, the ghastly and the horrid We know it's awful, dreadful, but we like it Just another haunted night, shrouded with unearthly fright So when you're oh so terrified, you know who to call The world is falling apart, we'll never take it to heart Monsters and creatures and spirits and specters and all Let's all have a ball
Thank you for listening to this episode of D&D Dark, created and hosted by myself, Danger Dan Jers. Stick around to the end of the credits for today's blooper. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know. We are still a very small podcast that needs your help to grow. So help us get that word of mouth going and leave us a review on ratethispodcast.com slash dndark. It's linked in the description. Follow us on Twitter and TikTok at dndarkpodcast and give us a holler. We appreciate each and every one of you and are so, so glad to have you along with us for this wild ride. Dean Dark's cast is Jordan Nelson as Larry Talbot, the Wolfman, Grayson Norman as Jack Griffin, the Invisible Man, Daniel Cruz as Imhotep, the Mummy, Aaron Coffold as Eric, the Phantom of the Opera, Ben Magnet as the Frankenstein Monster, and this episode also featured Janae Pellerin as Carmilla Karnstein. Our theme song was Let's All Have a Ball by Ryan White Maloney and Tony Carboni recorded at True North Studios Las Vegas. And our cover art was provided by Jordan Nelson. Listen to new episodes of D&D Dark every Wednesday wherever you find podcasts. Can Phantom attempt to press the digitate an exact replica of the skeleton key? Roll performance. 12. With a 12, you can cast the illusion of this key. It won't function, but... It's not what I wanted, so I throw the illusion on the <laughs> ground, even though that's unnecessary.